0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, episode 97 of this podcast, isn't that crazy? We're closing in on 100, I guess we'll be at 100 in next week, so uh, that's pretty exciting, I'll we'll do something cool for 100th episode on this podcast. This was a good one, we sat down and talked about some of the things we're going to do in June to get ready for deer season coming up here this fall. Um, Dan did have to step away, uh, kind of in the middle of the show, but... We just kept on talking about uh, bows and stuff, so didn't really miss a beat. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you to go over and leave us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this show. Also, if you haven't went over and checked out uh, the YouTube channel, go over there and check that out for us. All that's in the description below. All right, before we get going here, I got to tell you about some of the things my sponsors have going on. Exodus has something cool going on. It's their eighth year anniversary which is one of their biggest sales of the year. So starting today, May 19th, or anytime after May 19th, up until June 12th, or while supplies last, you can save 25% off their entire Exodus website. And they're doing something real cool for Before the Echo listeners. If you guys use the code BTE at checkout. You get to save that 25% off. I've also left a link in the description. You guys just use that link. It'll automatically uh, go to their website and that BTE code will automatically be put into your cart. So when you check it out, you'll get that 25% discount. That's right. 25% off. That includes the Exodus Render, the, the brand new Rival, which I got a, a handful of those now. I'm going to get them out and start using them. I heard some really, really good positive feedback on that, uh, that new camera they have out any of their arrows, merch, anything site-wide. You get their five-year no BS warranty. Um, some of the best customer service in the industry, as well as just a great group of guys that uh, you can you can put your, your trust in as far as cameras go. Pretty cool, guys. If you haven't checked out Exodus, get on their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and use the code BTE to save 25% off. Also, I want to give a shout out to Osseo Gear. It's a, a great option for white-to-hunters. They've developed a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable on the stand. Just go to asiogear.com to get you some premium hunting clothing. Plus, Joe and those guys are are also great guys. Also, got to thank Hunting Beast Gear, makers of the best mobile stick and stand on the market, in my opinion. There's no other stand that gives you the weight-to-room ratio, as the Beast Stand does. And anybody that, that tries one out seems like they're extremely happy with it. Also, their stick is known as the the best on the market. It also was kind of a trailblazer in the mobile hunting industry, one of the first truly mobile sticks on on the market. If you guys haven't got your hands on hunting beast gear, you have to come to one of the shows, get your hands on it, borrow a buddy's, try it out. Then visit huntingbeastgear.com and get you a beast stand and sticks. And finally, I gotta thank Stealth Outdoors. Make sure stealth strips. I put that on everything. Um, I just put it on some ladder stands I got out uh, the other day just to quiet them up a, a little bit. I, you can u- literally use it on any of your equipment. It really is something that hunters that want to take their gear to the next level to invest in and get you some, some stealth strips and silence your gear. Visit stealthoutdoors.com and get some stealth strips. Links to all my partners are in the description below. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Everybody calm
1: down. Yeah. I'm Josh, always late for things. I've been just yeah, sitting it's... there patiently waiting.
0: <laughs> just sitting there since Monday night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't left, left, left since we were on last. Yeah. Sitting there waiting. No big deal. Um, we
0: ought to just run twenty minutes late every time because there was there's way more people on starting off here than there usually is. Nice. <laughs> um thanks for getting on tonight, everybody.
1: Um Dan, what have you been up to since Monday? Anything good? Um, since Monday working. Yeah. I did I did do some um uh, plot spraying and stuff like that. Yep. You and Eric did that, didn't you? Eric, out there with you. Eric's coming over in the morning to to help me with some stuff. We're going to have rain on the weekend, so I'm not going to spray anything this weekend. But I'm going to go out. We're going to chainsaw some trees that fell down across a plot. We're going to on Dave's land, and we're going to remove a few trees that are in bad spots, and uh, weed whack some weeds. Yep. Then we'll probably go uh, fishing. We're talking about going musky fishing. We're going to. Oh, nice. Um, give that a shot see if we get anything
0: farmer texted me today and said he's getting ready to work on the crp field to turn it into crops They're i guess they sprayed it and going to fertilize it and it's gone <laughs> what, i thought i was hoping it was uh, not going to happen and i kind of got my hopes up because i'm like it's getting pretty late to start planting you know
1: did you ever put uh, a spot in that woods uh
0: in the across the creek there
1: yeah, I uh I made it a little thicker right there. okay. yep In the in the back. Yeah, that wasn't a pot. That was to make it bedding there, right?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I cut hinge cut some stuff and um
1: Well the crops should be good for you to have a good early season.
0: Yeah, especially if he puts beans in right now, you know, they'll be or I mean I don't know when he'll put them in. If he'll put them in, you know, in a few weeks from now, even and then they'll be real green come October. So he's just
1: tilling now for planting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Only thing he could do is beans. I think it would be too late for corn, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, unless beans
1: beans are going to be still green come. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't start till October, though, right?
0: Yeah. I still think they'll be pretty green at the beginning of October, I bet. Um, Unless, I mean, he didn't, he told me he was going to plant beans in them earlier this year. Unless it's too late now and he's just going to kind of slowly work on the place. I don't, I don't know, but. He wouldn't be fertilizing it and stuff right now. I wouldn't think if he was gonna not gonna plant it. You know why would he waste waste that, that uh you know until this. Unless he put some
1: other lime or year, something down crop in there to just uh, prep the soil and uh,
0: yeah, like a cover crop for this year or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't think so. I have a feeling they'll. They're they're usually kind of late on everything anyways. So I I bet they're gonna.
1: You get a longer season than us. I mean, it'd be pretty late to put something in now up here, but yeah, because our winter comes early.
0: I'm sure Zeke would know if it's too late right now to plant beans. But I I don't know. There's people uh, replanting some stuff that got, uh, you know, it's been uh, dry here. So I guess it could probably not too late. We finally got a half inch of rain yesterday, though. Mm.
1: It's
0: a nice slow rain, too which I wish it was an inch, but did you guys get anything?
1: No, but we're supposed to uh, start starting Saturday afternoon, I guess. Yeah. I don't think we're,
0: I don't think we got anything crazy scheduled for rain this weekend or anything, but maybe a little bit. Anyway, you want to talk about some of these? I got two news stories. We'll we'll yep. do i uh, I'm going to do the first one here and it's, let me share my screen. We'll see here. Screen two. Ignore the uh, Yahoo news here, but what's going on here, Dan?
1: Very <laughs> honest. <laughs> I put
0: this up here because I, I wonder remind myself to ask you about it. Um, is that That's not very common, right? I'm sure you guys get some wondering down there, but...
1: Uh, we get... Um two or three near my house every year. Um, it didn't used to be like that, but it's picking up. It's been getting more and more. I mean, uh, oh, I would say about, uh, five years ago. Uh, yeah. uh Salon, maybe even less than that. Maybe it was, I can't remember what year it was, but not too long ago, a on cubs was over by Dave's, which is real rare because it's usually the boars that come down here. And, yeah. uh, but the, the, the population is, uh, Is definitely trying to expand, and how it expands is there's not enough room for those uh young boars, so they go out looking for sows and they move into new areas. That's how they keep from crossbreeding and all that stuff. Um, but uh, so we see those come through every now and then. Um, I would like to see this expand down here, but we actually, uh, our DNR gives you a tag every year if you want one in this area, so even though bears are almost extinct here and they're supposed to be extinct. You can hunt them here mm. um, because they, they, I don't think they want them to expand. So unit C is what we're in. You get a tag almost every year. And then I know we're not, we're not unit C we're in some other unit. Now they changed the units, but unit C is where uh, that bear guide that uh, where we went last time. And yeah. tell where they should go. Um, that guy's in, in unit, the new unit C. And okay. they get it every other year, but if you go up north, it takes nine, ten years to get a tag, maybe even more, yeah, so that that population up there is just blowing up, mm-hmm. and we're getting a spillover just expanding, but I would really like to see bears down here, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't um there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I don't get in my chicken coop they'll you know they'll do this, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. They're like uh, giant black raccoons, right, so they get into things, you know?
0: you're right up your alley, right, yeah. Yeah, my um, had, my mom ahead. used
1: to say that the um the only reason I was still alive is because we didn't have bears in the area. <laughs> so yeah, I was tackling everything, catching raccoons <laughs> and <laughs> possums, and
0: yeah, it was just a matter of time before you'd grab a hold of a cub or something when you're little, and right. that'd be the end of you. <laughs> Dude, I saw I saw a video on Facebook the other day of a um of a boar e- eating a cub. Holy cow! Yeah. So they're, they are, uh, some brutal, that's a brutal species right there, man.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who will tell you, oh, don't shoot those cute little teddy bears and stuff. And and uh, if you see them in nature, man, they can be brutal animals. Oh man. Um, the yeah. boars are just, um, uh, which is what I want to hunt Yeah, they're just downright mean to their own species and stuff. I yeah. Mean, they, they will kill every cub they can get their hands on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen seen it before and I was, I don't know somehow somehow I was on Facebook and I was like, Holy cow, that's insane.
1: I don't know which one you saw, but there's one there's one that's been around for a while where a, a blonde bear sneaks around a, a tree by a bait and just jumps on a small bear and just rips it to pieces and and you can hear it crying as if it was yeah. on the camera but had sound. Oh, it's yeah. hard to watch.
0: Yeah, that's what this one. This wasn't a blonde this wasn't a brown bear. It was it was there. was a black bear, but um, same exact thing.
1: I mean, it was cr- crying for its life. I'm like, golly. Um, anyway, I was hoping this one—it's uh, close enough by that it would show up for a cookie or something. While well, I'm not giving the raccoons cookies. Yeah, but. it did.
0: It's you said. You said it's probably a young male.
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah, it didn't look very big. There's but. been a lot of sightings in the area. I don't know if they're all him, but just recently there's been a whole bunch. I'm thinking it's the same bear. Yeah.
0: Yep. He must be fairly comfortable sitting here in this guy's, uh, back porch. here by his swing here, but we had one come through Southern Indiana. Uh, I bet it's been five years ago now, but it was the same thing. It came up from probably, you know, down in Kentucky and, the uh, and the mountains over there and came up through here and it was a, it was a young boar across the Ohio river and was looking for a new home. Last time they saw it, it was in the, uh, Ever, it's, the proving grounds is what it's called. It's a big military base that has it's like kind of like Fort McCoy. Um, mm-hmm. That's the last time they saw it, but you can't you can't hunt there. It's uh, it's just draw only, and there's just a couple of weekends you can hunt it when you get drawn. So um, I don't I don't know where it ended up. Kind of lost lost track of it, but um, that's the only, only one I've ever heard about coming through here.
1: Did you see this one? I think I showed you that right. All right.
0: Yes, that your that your uh, your was it your niece or somebody hit with a?
1: Yeah, my brother's granddaughter. Brother's Brother. granddaughter. Okay. Yeah, she uh, up by Fort McCoy where we we're hunting up there. Yeah. On a little town called Milston, right in town, she hit that, smashed up her car. Her, that looked like she a big one. Truck, she totaled the truck.
0: Yeah, that that looked like a big one. Um, I, I can't imagine hitting a bear. That'd be. Uh, that'd be a little different than hitting a deer at them. I'd say they're a little more compact and sturdier.
1: Yeah. Bears are loaded to the ground and they, they grip the ground. Well, you hit yeah. them, they they leave a dent. Yeah. Especially a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, most of the bears you see are the real young ones, like the one in the picture there. Um, mm-hmm. but a bear in Wisconsin can be, can be, you know, four to 600 pounds. Right. Yeah. My uh,
0: my dad's—I don't know if it was his cousin or his second cousin. I was pretty young when it happened, but she she lived down in Texas, and she hit a wild horse driving down the road. It killed killed her. I mean, it—you know—that's a gigantic animal, hmm. and came through the windshield, and
1: she that's like hitting a moose. You know, yeah, exactly. People all the time that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you think about it, like a horse, like its body would come be right in line with your windshield if you were in a car. You know. You know, horrible horrible uh animal to hit at least the deer and stuff they're a little lower i mean they could still definitely come through the windshield but at least it's not a i don't know how much horse weighs but it's a bunch you know um yeah that's crazy though speaking of crazy did you guys see this this uh story that came out on fox news dan called me about this last night i couldn't answer my phone last night but he was so fired up about this, he had to call me. <laughs> so
1: <That's> bizarre! The,
0: <laughs> this is crazy. Some uh, scantily clad witches caught munching on a deer carcass in bizarre security cam footage. And the security cam is a. If it, the the story is a, a grandpa and a, uh, um, granddaughter put a trail camera over a dead deer carcass that
1: they found on their property.
0: That they found on their property. Just to yeah. see, like, see, Canada, right? Up in Canada, yeah, British Columbia, and they were uh, they were just looking at the, uh, seeing if they get bobcats and stuff. They were they were watching on the camera. I guess the grandpa went and checked it the next day, and uh, this is what he found on his on his camera right here. Zeke, you may want to close your eyes. These are they don't got much on here, but um, just some real weird women eating the, the carcass is what they could tell, you know, by the pictures. Um, and they don't, I mean, they didn't, obviously they, the they actually, the old man didn't do anything or press charges or anything. He's like, they ain't really doing anything wrong. It's, yeah. But press, so, if you know.
1: look at the bottom picture, they got a picture, that one, where you can see a man's legs in there.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Uh, I don't know.
1: So I mean, there, there's something up with that. um That's kind of weird. It said something about maybe they're playing a tr- prank or something, but it's a awfully elaborate prank.
0: Yeah, and for you to know, get to Fox News, you know, you wouldn't think it'd let them them let get that far. I don't know though, Dan. This picture right here, this man or woman, he has. They have blue jeans or something on. It looks. Oh, like so
1: maybe that's the other one.
0: Could be. Yeah, and look you eh, I can't tell if that's her hair or the one back there's oh, hair. Oh
1: yeah. Okay, makes sense. Okay.
0: Yeah. They should they should not assume that's a man as they did in this uh, article
1: right here, Dan. Right. It could be a them. Don't they
0: don't they know this is 2023?
1: <laughs> no, you can't do gender in people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the the owners or the uh the granddaughter said that their horses often get scared that time of night, get spooky. And they're all, Mm. this is like two minutes behind their house, I guess, a two minute walk. And, um, and she always just kind of wrote it off as whatever, you know, they're just being, uh,
1: being weird. You know, we're not. Apparently not. You know, you go back uh, a couple decades and, uh, we used to dress up like Bigfoot and scare people and stuff and do pranks. Like we'd, take a road deer and just walk across the road road in front of a vehicle. that's coming up a rural road, with no houses mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and then run off and, and, uh, see if it'd make the paper. And we made the paper a few times.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> took a, uh, took a deer out of a guy's truck while he was, uh, picking up road kills. They used to pick up road kills. Yeah. Took his road kill from him and took off running. And that one made the news. But, uh, <laughs> But nowadays, I think you'd get shot, you know? Yeah, I, I'd say, uh I wouldn't recommend doing that. I think I got know. some pictures somewhere. So I should look up some of them and uh, send them to you. You could share them. Picture me dressed yeah. up as Bigfoot with my long hair. I could find one.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. If you could find one of those, that'd be you awesome.
1: You know what? Um, if you can do it while you're on there, go, yeah. my, go on my website and search uh, um, Bigfoot. I bet you it comes right <laughs> up. <laughs> Just those pictures come right out. I'll, I'll log in, Log in here. Uh, my. Uh, for the author, search Dan. Okay. Eighty matches. <laughs> How many? Eighty. Holy cow! Can you scroll um, through and see pictures See if one has a picture. I'm looking here. You 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 got an idea of what? Uh... Here, if you can lose me for a second, I'll look. You just go by yourself. You you won't won't go off. i don't know what to look for. Okay. I don't go off, but I can't see you. It's only right. No, you're good. You just like
0: you're uh, staring out into the dark and blaze right now. Um. Yeah. Well, Dan's looking for that. Everybody. Uh. You can see we had a few new members tonight. Thanks, everybody, for for joining. I popped you up on the screen earlier. Um. And make sure you hit the subscribe button on here if you like what we're doing. Did you find it, Dan?
1: Uh, just give me a second. I just barely got onto it. You're good. Just interrupt me whenever you find it. But what else is
0: going on in here? Those guys from uh, Razor Broadheads are giving everybody a discount code. If you guys are into those, those that show we did a couple weeks ago with, with those guys last week, I guess. Um, if you're needing need some new Broadheads, it's 10% off and the code just before the echo guess that's something you guys would be interested in as, as well i didn't really do a good job of letting everybody know that after that show so i wanted to make sure i mentioned that on here we used to have oh, a
1: pictures, uh, i found the pictures but they were on photo buckets so they got photo buckets thing on them but they're still pretty no, that's fine funny you uh, can just
0: you can share your screen probably and
1: i don't know how to do that
0: is there, a, is there a button that says present at the bottom um, bottom of your screen? No. How? Oh. Let's see. Jacob did it the other uh, night. Oh, here I found it present, yeah. Yeah, and then just put share screen.
1: And it should okay. pop right up there. So then uh, I got to find where it was or what? Oh, here yep. it
0: is. Yep, just click on it.
1: So, um, can't I expand on that? I don't know. Try to scroll in. That's you though? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? That's a while ago. Here's one with uh, the rat slayer in it. So he was a teenager at the time. Okay. Here, I, could, I could look at the date on the uh, post post um, that was posted in 2015 but I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to bet it was earlier than that it was just a response to somebody's Bigfoot post <laughs> uh, nice that's funny <laughs> uh, I wish the pictures were bigger yeah that's alright they're prepared for this stuff
0: yeah. yeah no big deal I'll get it all fair for you um there used to my uncle used to have a bigfoot silhouette in our woods back here i think it rotted out finally but
1: am i good now or do i gotta turn
0: this no you're good you look i i think i took it off off for you so yeah when i was in high school i had a buddy that got a naked man like on his trail camera like butt naked walking through his woods with a mushroom bag
1: Mm-hmm.
0: pretty shocking like a big old fat old man that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen on a camera that i you know that people i know i have gotten on camera he'd probably send me that fit picture if, if he uh if i asked him for it because i'm sure he still has it
1: i'd make uh, that guy famous
0: yeah he that was probably <laughs> in like 2005 2005 or six um I don't know. He I'm sure he probably has it on his Facebook page. I can't remember.
1: Do you know this man? Take a close look at his mushroom sack. <laughs> <laughs> <You> recognize. <him>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um Matt the mushroom man, you know who I'm talking about, right? Dan? Matt. Yep. Um, yep. He's, he keeps me updated on what mushrooms are popping right now and stuff. The chicken of the woods is really coming up down here. I'm, I need to go look for some. It's my favorite type of
1: mushroom. You got a favorite type you like to eat? Uh, death Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Magic mind. No. <laughs> I eat them though, and I, I fart, and everybody in the room gets sick. I don't yeah. know. a type of mushroom or, yeah, but stuff like that doesn't affect me yeah
0: oh really yeah
1: <laughs> Other that you know of at least there's an ivory salad you know yeah uh, no i like uh i like shaggy mains um i like uh morales um shaggy Mains, i think are really underrated they're really good yeah um, yeah
0: people get so fixated on morales around here like that's all only thing anybody ever picks up around here and man no. Some of them other ones are freaking really good. I think a lot of people are just scared of it too. You know, they're not educated on what, what, what is. So if you don't know what it is, it's not good to eat them, you know, so.
1: Right. But
0: anyway, let's talk about some, what we're, what we're doing here in, in June. I promise, I promise everybody at the beginning of each month, we would talk about what we're going to do this, this month for deer hunting. We're into June already freaking eight days, so. That's a good motivator. Yeah. I uh, I got my bow put together today and semi-tuned. Mm. That was my, my goal this week, to get all that done, which it's not all the way tuned, but I, I, it was a little bit windy today outside, so I didn't like finish tuning it because it's just windy, and I'd been chasing things around probably. So i probably get up early in the morning when it's going to be nice and calm and shoot a little more and make sure it's all good. But, man, that new prime shoots really really nice and i got a 65 pound bow instead of a 70 pound this year i really like it i mean i feel i feel just super stable and just like i could i could pull it back with you know one finger almost you know just um and it's still shooting plenty hard so Uh, have you messed with yours anymore
1: oh i dropped it off at steve pagels did you the old owner of Forge. Yep. And he's playing with it.
0: Has he got, has he, has he said anything to you about it? Mm -mm. He hasn't, hasn't messed with it yet. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I got, I got two sides. I got one of those, uh, mover ones. It has three pins and then you can still move it though. So your bottom pin can, uh, you know, you can use that as a, a mover. But I, I just put on my five pin side again, my, my fixed pin. I just, I I like the idea of being able to practice far away, you know, but I just hate the fact that there's a chance that 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 could move on me or get bumped and, or I I forget to move it back for some stupid reason. I just, I hate, I hate that feeling. I just don't, I don't like to have that that
1: factor. Do what? I like the fixed better. I'm going back that road. Yeah. Yeah just getting I, it right on the line. Then you're like, if you look at the line from this angle or that angle or, yeah, you know, cause the arrow's yeah. not right on the paper. It's just like kind of weird.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I think I got five pins and that's, that's out to, you know, I could technically sight them in out to 60 yards and it's like, that's pretty far anyway. I'm never going to shoot a deer that far. So it's, it's fine. Um, But I went back and forth today about which one I was going to throw on. That's the one I ended up putting back on. is just that, the the five pin fixed, fixed sight. But that's the only uh, real change I made this year. Uh, Other than the the new bow, I have all all the same. I I put on that new rest that uh, Mitch sent me, which is a it's a prime brand, but it's a um I think it's a Hamsky. Is the model or the people that make it. So they're as high quality as you can get, you know? So, which is, I mean, as high quality, as tough as you can get, which is what I need.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Um, oh no, I'm, I'm shooting. I'm going to shoot those prime or those G five arrows as well. And then the, uh, I'll shoot those razor broadheads this year. So, which I was tinkering with arrows and stuff last year, all, all, all year, pretty much. I shot, Mm-hmm. two different types of arrows last year but you're gonna shoot the uh g5 arrows as well aren't you yeah i got
1: a bunch of them in, and i i shot a few of them but uh i want to yeah. get the up just shooting perfect and then i'll uh then i'll really start locking in on the shooting yeah
0: it's i was like today i was thinking
1: like i
0: got, I got a little paranoid because i'm like I'm, we're only like it's like it's going to be july before you know it, and then august and it's like deer season's here and i was like i gotta get to shooting and make sure everything's all right um so it seemed like it's gonna be fine the bow is shooting well um but we'll see get a nice calm day and do some more shooting you uh you gonna put any trail cameras out this month dan
1: Uh, if I do, it'll be towards the end of the month. I'm thinking probably, uh, July is probably when I'm really going to hit that. I'm gonna have to go through my trail cameras too. I had some problems with some of them. Um, the Exodus ones, I'm going to put, uh, um, solar panels on. Um, and some of them ran out of battery life faster than other ones. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the solar panels for those. And I wanted to test them first. So probably test them in the yard or something and see how that works. But um, yeah, I got to make brackets for the panels. I don't have the bracket that connects to things to the, to the camera, but I should oh. be up at the shop real quick, but uh yeah, I want to get some cameras out and uh I really got to get my, uh, the food plots that Dave's done and, and I got to get some stands set up. Not really stand. But yeah, spot. me too. I got to have a shooting lane at, in a couple of spots, and then I have to uh, check out the exact kind of tree I need in a couple spots. And there's still a spot I got to scout. And I'm really, you know, trying to find time for this crap, you know. I know, but, uh, but I'm motivated, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my goal is to have uh, all my spots worked out by the end of the month and to have uh, be done with. Uh, the early food plots like the the clover plots by the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about throwing some beans in too. I don't mind throwing those in late up here because then they're green into the season. Right. Yeah. I think a late bean isn't, isn't bad at all
0: uh, for people you're talking deer hunt.
1: It's Um, it's funny because, you know, I don't really think about, uh, I don't know how much I'll be on Dave's really honestly, because I'm onto some really good stuff on the public. Mm-hmm. but you're just you're motivated to <laughs> keep the ball rolling you know yeah and not yet, but uh i got new neighbors that shoot a lot of deer mm-hmm. and i uh, wouldn't mind keeping the deer on my side of the fence kind of thing right um and then to um you know if i take out early maybe maybe we'll do a giveaway where i take somebody hunting for a weekend or something yeah that'd yeah. be awesome yeah
0: i i bought some really nice ladder stands, uh, on clearance after season this year. And I, I have to get them up sometime shortly. So
1: that's um, for your dad, right?
0: Yeah. Dad and Maddie. No, Uh, no. if she, if she's going to get to hunt, which I don't know if she will, or she thinks she'll be able to, but, um, she's the baby's scheduled to come the 16th of October. So it's like, I don't know, like you're going to have two weeks there, but she might anyway, if she gets in a tree at all, she's going to, had to get in a ladder stand and if if, if nothing else i think i'm going to set up a couple of spots with some ground blinds like rush them in real good for can, can you um, excuse me for one second yeah you're good go ahead um but yeah i'm gonna set up a couple of uh ground blinds over some food plots i don't know how early i i need to put them in yet probably i may do that in like august um but i think if i if i rush them in real good they'll be It'll be fine. It'll be, it's kind of the only option. I don't, I don't think she's going to be able to climb up in a, um, in a tree stand. I don't know if I, I wondered one or two, I hate for something to happen and that not, not be, uh, a good thing at all. Um, I'm going to put out some, some trail cameras though. I got probably a half dozen or so. I need to, I I kind of got them out the other day and got them ready and going to, going to throw them off, throw them up on uh some of my private ground most of my public stuff's already up and working working for me but not all of it i still got to put a few out on public too that i typically put out every year so um i don't know maybe in the chat everybody what are you guys going to be doing this january or january june for um for deer season this year let us let us know maybe you'll Put something in there that we forgot to talk about or need to talk about. Um, also, if you guys have any questions for us, if you're on here for the first time, just leave them in the comment section We'll we'll get to them tonight. Put a uh, question mark in front of the question for me, though. That way I know where uh, if their questions are not. going don't have to filter through uh, all of them. Um, if you're wondering what that those people with the green green thank the green names are that's our members that's something kind of brand new honestly we just started last week or maybe two weeks ago and um no obligation to become a member but it gets you some cool emojis and then if you're a hunting buddy buddy member we do a, like an extra extra videos throughout the month for those those members so that's what that is My, uh, matt was asking about it earlier and how to join it's just right next to the subscribe button, or there's a link in the description to, to join, try to make it worth everybody's money for, for joining, giving them some, some cool, cool things. Um, and maybe if we get enough, enough people, we can do some giveaways and stuff inside the the membership as well as like we do on the, the outside, but nothing on the outside will change. It'll all be separate stuff. Um, you guys, uh, in the chat, do you guys, uh, are you guys people that shoot your bow a bunch all summer? I'm not the, I'm not the person that like some of my buddies and stuff or people on Instagram, it seems like they are really into shooting bow. Like they go to the, uh, like total archery challenges and, and shoot a bunch of 3d stuff. And I, I just don't have the time to to do all that stuff. So I don't, I do have a 3d course in my backyard that it's more just for, family stuff and friends that come over and horse around. And I honestly, I probably only shot it with a compound bow. I don't know if I ever have. I always just take my longbow out there and shoot it. It's a lot more fun shooting it with a longbow. Um, yeah. Zeke, this is, this is my, my problem. I, I always find myself. I mean, he, a lot of people don't know. I actually run two other businesses outside of before the echo and the hunt and beast stuff. So I'm extremely busy, busy person. Plus we got Huck and, uh, just family stuff after Maddie gets home from work. So I, I, it's hard for me to, uh, shoot a lot. I need to just be disciplined and get up early in the morning when it first gets light and shoot some arrows. Um, especially if if I'm going to shoot long bow again this year for some hunts, it's pretty important to, to keep after it. Um, I don't, I, uh, something else I was going to tinker with this summer is a back bar for my, uh, stabilizer, but I kind of decided not to, I, it's a good idea. And I do think it makes a difference. I just, I don't like the idea of having the extra weight on my bow. And then also, um, when I have shot, uh, back bars in the past, um, you know, I, it's just a lot more to haul around the woods. It's, it's makes your bow wider. Um, seems like there's, there's a lot of positives and there's also some negatives that I did doesn't make it justifiable, uh, to me. I can talk about this, all this stuff right now. Cause Dan had, he probably don't even know what a back bar is. <laughs> uh, something else I was tinkering with is shooting with my quiver on and off. I, I like the idea of shooting with my quiver on just because all the arrows are right there and, uh quick to to reload and all that but just can't i can't get used to it i shot a little bit with my new one on today and it was i just don't like it um so i just take it off and i i usually put a little piece of paracord on the end of my uh my uh, quiver has like a little hook on it and i just tie a little piece of paracord there and i'll just hang it on my camera arm so it's right there close and then i don't have to worry about it um too too much sometimes i get a little lazy and I'll, I'll like lay my my quiver in the tree somewhere and and i shouldn't you shouldn't shouldn't do that you need to put it if you're going to take it off you need to put it somewhere consistent every time where you know where it's at you can get to arrows fast um just like my my wisconsin buck that i killed this year it's hard to tell but i had my quiver um kind of behind me into my my back here like it was sitting like right here say and i shot that deer through the liver i hit square in the liver and it actually just it just jumped up and ran around to about 25 yards and i if i'd have had it on my bow you know i mean it's a mute point because i did i got the buck it only ran whatever 80 yards and was and died there but i could have got it and maybe got another arrow in it and then it would have died quicker instead of like a like the horrible death of the liver shot um but something else I'll just keep talking about. I'll just keep talking about uh, technical archery stuff until Dan gets back. <laughs> um, something else I, I kicked around and I actually reached out to some some people about um, uh, buying one was a, uh, a back tension release. I do not like a thumb button release. I punch the crap out of thumb button uh, releases. I've tried them uh, numerous times and do not, uh, do not care for those. I just, my, I don't know if my, I don't know if I have like, I have real fast hands and I just punch them real bad. Anyway, kicked around getting a, uh, back tension release and using it this year. And, uh, I just didn't, I, I really like my, um, I like my old, uh, like a wrist rocket and whatever they're called wrist strap release. I've had the same one for a long time. It's just a true fire it's called a hardcore I think it just has a it's not a uh, it's not a jaw one it's just a hook one. I really like that it it's fast to put on and um, everything it can you can you can fold it up and it clips into your like down here so when you're climbing and stuff you you don't have to worry about it clanking around um, I always I do always put it on. I try to make a habit of putting it on at the truck instead of at the tree or when I get up in the tree, just cause you, you never know what could happen. Um, I've, it, I've had crazier things happen to me than shooting one, walking into the, the woods, but I just started talking about real technical archery stuff, Dan with everybody. So you didn't miss a thing.
1: All right. we, talked,
0: we talked about injury releases and back bars on, Stabilizers and stuff like that, <laughs> and why I don't use any of them. Uh, you you don't you never like tinked around with archery stuff like much outside of um like you never tried hinge releases or thumb button releases or any of that, have you?
1: I have. I I prefer a trigger. Yeah, you just use just what you're used to and confident yep. with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly. Um, when you get used to anchor in a certain way it's kind of hard to change though yeah it is um i know they they make some really good
0: hinge releases and stuff and i, I just i've shot them before my buddy chris he designed one that lives down the road he has his own re, own hinge release it's just man i don't know i mean i know it's a good it's a good tool and a good training aid especially but I don't know. I'm a deer hunter at heart and that's what I've gotten good with. You know, if I ever really start having a problem, I'll I'll switch to it in in a heartbeat. But, um, right now I just stick with my old trigger wrist rocket trigger finger one. Um, yeah. What else is going on in, in June? I need to get out and actually just put boots on the ground still in in a few places.
1: Yeah, deer are getting really active. They're starting to go into their uh, summer haunts pretty heavy. Yeah. So, um, out walking around, I noticed that uh, deer are in those fall places now. Starting mm-hmm. to get into the spots where I'll find them in September. Um, kick something big out of uh, <laughs> that grassy, overgrown food plot that hasn't been planted in a couple of years. Yeah. Funny because I went in there and I was spraying the weeds, and, uh, you, you know, also I took a step and it thinks. The whole time I was there, I cut through a tree that was laying across the grass with a a hatchet. Yeah. tree as big around as my leg. And then I started spraying the grass, and I took two steps past that tree, and this deer gets up, and that grass takes off. It was there the whole time. bedded there. That's crazy. One big lone deer. It left a hell of a track, but I couldn't see it through the grass. Yeah. I'm sure it was a big bug. I
0: went on a... This evening before the show, I went on a run and I ran down the farmer's lane down here. It's like a two mile farmer's lane, and uh, I think it's actually a county road that got abandoned because of the flooding that always happens down there. And anyway, um, yeah, I was just running along. And I looked down. And there's a big giant track in the in the road going into some fresh planted beans. Um, a lot of people have asked Dan on the uh, just over the last months about how we hang our bows in a, in a stand. We, me and Dan have hangers on our camera arm on the end of our camera arm. We have bow hangers, which I know that's not a good answer for everybody because not everybody films, but do you have any like suggestions for hanging your bow? If you guys, if we, you know, if you didn't have a camera arm in front of you,
1: generally a limb above my head, but, uh, um, or you mount something on the side of your uh, tree stand. Yeah. They're pretty easy to make. Every bow would be a little different um, because you grab the limbs and you decide and you lean it. You know, yeah. um, and the lean's different depending on how you have your arms. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, something in the fashion of like, uh, like the sparrow. Yeah, bolt hole pattern it has on it. Yeah, you can move the threaded pieces any which way you want, and you put uh, either stealth strips or a shrink tube over the threads mm-hmm. and you get it. So just your bowl can lean upwards and use the, the head of the bolt to catch the limb from sliding off. Yeah. That works pretty good. Um, obviously I don't use those anymore because I, you know, I use the camera basically. Yeah. 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 If you guys don't, also, know what we're talking on your lap either. That's right. as you have your girl contains. Uh, is not going to go flopping around.
0: Yeah. I saw, uh, the stick boys who we who was hunting with us at uh in western wisconsin this year mm-hmm. they had some that like mounted in like on the front of their stand like in between their legs and i thought that was pretty that'd be pretty nifty because it's all right here you know i know Just they make
1: the original design we we're going to do in the beast stand Yeah, um, had that I, I put a uh know yeah. grab any bowl built into the stand but it was expensive to do for the stand it would add the price Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of complaints and testing from people being like, well, I won't put the bowl between my legs. I want the bowl over here. I want the bowl over there. I want the same reason we didn't do uh, a high grade seat on the stand. Yeah. Some people are like, I don't want any seat at all. And some people were mm-hmm. like, I just want a minimal foam seat. And some people were like, I want a high grade seat. And some people were like, I need a really padded seat. And it's like, well, then we can't, we can't uh, do, you know, we'll just do the cheap seat. And if you want an upgrade, you do an upgrade. The yeah. same thing with the, the like the the bowl holder if you build it into the stand, there's an expense there with that. And uh, I don't think people want to pay the extra expense if they're not gonna use it. Right. It's pretty cheap to just buy one. I mean that, that 3D printer guy, mm-hmm. he makes it fit our stand. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I I like the if you guys don't can't
0: imagine what we are talking about, if our camera arms kind of mount behind us and then there's a they're got three arms that on them that come right in front of us essentially so our boat can can hang right there my only my only uh wish is that it could be on my left side i I do like the idea of grabbing it with my you know not having to do a lot of movement to get it but i always end up getting it fine you know i just just be uh, be on top of it you know Uh, i like the idea of having one between your
1: legs too though um, I, think, I think ideally on your lap, I mean, your hands on top of it. Yeah. Right. Easy with it. I, I like that because even when I'm on my bow holder, if I'm expecting company soon, it goes on my lap. Yeah. Oh so I mean, yeah. The like, amount of time it's nice to hang it up. And a lot of guys, uh, the problem with that is they play on their phones. And, uh, and if you got that on your lap, that's, you're going to have a problem. You know, you get both hands on that phone. You knock your bow a little bit, your arrow flops off, or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, you need a little concentration when you got on your lap. My, uh, my dad, when I was young, always made me
0: hold it on my lap. He never gave me a bow holder. Mm -hmm. Um, we also didn't have phones, you know, back then. So I didn't really have much else to do anyway other than hold my bow, which is, was good. Um, hanging on your ear. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. The, uh, biggest pain i have is when i do use a longbow it's just hard sometimes it's harder to like the arrow is not contained in the longbow and then it's it's also you know if it hangs vertically like straight up and down the arrow can can, like a little breeze will just knock it off and you got to put an arrow holder on it and i always struggle with that i always end up just holding it across my lap but
1: um so if you gotta most most all rests now have some kind of containment on it um the thing with between your legs, too, uh, our stand doesn't have a lot of room between your legs. Yeah. I mean, none of the mobile stands do. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: whatever your flavor is, none of them have a lot of room. Not like any of them are gigantic. So, um, all right. want to get to some, some questions, and I'm sure there's some stuff about right now we can talk about, too. Um, Josh Banks asked, There was a property you just found or gained access to and hadn't scouted. Would you scout it now or wait till season and go in blind and hunt based off of
1: sign and terrain? You can do either. I don't think there's anything hurting you too much to go in now. I just wouldn't spend a ton of time in there. I'd get in there, get the knowledge I need and get out. Yeah. I I don't think there's any problem with getting in there right now. it, It is kind of hard to, uh, see the sign at this time of the year but you can it's doable yeah um when would you, when when did you when would you cut it off like when
0: you're like okay i'm done being in the woods
1: yeah like you start getting into august and you're gonna start really doing damage you know if you're planning on hunting that stuff in september i mean um yeah start of october yeah i mean it, it takes it takes like in my opinion, probably about 30 days for your scent to dissipate out of those areas. It gets under the brush, it gets into the soil and stuff. They know you've been there.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: so if if you you're in there uh, a month and a half before you're going to hunt, there's like two weeks that your scent ain't there when you go hunt. Yeah. Think about it in that time frame. I mean, you're doing a lot of damage when you're getting too close. It's You're doing damage now. A lot of damage now. Yeah, but you're not gonna kill anything if you don't get some intel. Right. uh, That's been my point all along: is that you should probably do your scouting in spring. Yeah. And let them alone. You know, Um, not to mention you see everything so much better in spring. But uh, you know, you gotta have your intel. I'm gonna keep scouting, and I'm gonna keep working on stuff. But I'm gonna try and get it all wrapped up, probably you know, into July. And and I don't like it lasting that long, but you know, it always does because there's always stuff I can go, go look at. There's I know endless list. It's a never ending cycle. Right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Adam has a good question that pertains to a lot of the midwest west right now. He said it's very dry in the upper Midwest. How, and when does drought really affect the deer
1: herd? If at all, um, you know, uh, obviously it, it affects them if it's hot and dry they're going to get down low and cool areas um they're going to get in shaded areas um one way it affects them is that it, um they'll get those bot flies and it will kill them
0: mm-hmm.
1: what do they call that um uh, ehd yeah EHD. yeah we get that in not uh, in heavy droughts um we get that as far north as we've gotten it here a few times i know you get it down there a lot more mm-hmm. uh, yeah um from stagnant water is, is where they get that as the water condenses um, the yep. flies condense. but uh yeah cool low areas in drought you know i don't think it affects them it, you know what it can do is you, you have a um like a long winter you know versus a short winter i think you're going to have a smaller rack size but uh as far as drought itself i don't think that that's really going to affect a whole lot in summertime, there's always going to be green stuff for them to eat. They might have to switch plants if something ain't thriving or something. Yeah, but there's going to be plenty for them to eat. They're going to get water out of their food, and they're going to go seek out water. Um, but you, as far as hunting goes, you just got to hunt them where they go when it's in that that kind of condition, mm-hmm. which is going to be low, cool areas. And you'll know if you're in them because the sign. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. I- That's the first thing that popped into my head was EHD just because we've had it so bad here a few times when it gets real dry and hot. Um, But I mean, if you think about I don't know how much water exactly a whitetail needs, but I mean, I can you know, I got a river 200 yards from my house right here. Uh, There's there's ponds everywhere. There's Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's a creek over in the Hoosier National that constantly has water in it and never never goes dry. They got water. I think they
1: have water if they need it. You you Um, know, I I see that uh, they can live in areas where there's not even a river and a pond around and live off the fluids that they get out of the plants. Yeah. Which sounds bizarre, but it's true. Mm -hmm. The hotter it gets, the more they seek out water. Yeah. Whether it's just stay cool next to the water or to get the drinks, but you'll get them at the ponds. You'll get them at the uh, rivers. Mm -hmm. You'll get them, you know. Yeah. So I, I mean, if it's hot and dry and there hasn't been raining a long time and it's dusty out, not much more different than people. I mean, you're out working in the yard and it's hot out, you're gonna want to drink drink water. water. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I d I don't think they ever run out of water. I guess what to, to that degree though is what I meant. Like um I don't know if they think of a drought any differently. I don't think they know that it's a drought, you know.
1: I think they there's still water in those areas that they drink from most of the time. Right. One thing you can do is you can you know if you're looking for ways to find deer like if you're not if you're not seeking a certain deer or something you can go to areas that don't have much water and find water and find a concentration of deer in times like that like i've seen areas in hill country where you get remote from the road and you find a spring that bubbles out of the water and has a little pooler even when it's dry Mm -hmm. and when it's really dry that spot just has deer around it like crazy and you know that's in my gps or my uh onyx or whatever marked, you know, Yeah. If, if I ever need that spot, I know where it's at. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I saw Josh Bomar. He's putting uh fly traps out around his, his farm to keep the bugs down and on his farm for the whitetails. So hmm. maybe, maybe if the, uh, maybe if the, all the water gets condensed, that get
1: would to... actually make a difference in, in any kind of uh, natural environment. I don't know. I don't know.
0: He put a, he was putting a bunch of them out.
1: My gosh. Um, I don't know. The, the, the interference of being on the property do more damage than the the fly traps would do good.
0: Yeah. I don't know that those, um, not the stereotype people from Iowa on managed properties, but I don't know how much them doing all that affects them. Those deer, I, 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 it seems like they're doing something on them every day, you know,
1: I know, I I can tell you I've, I've been on managed properties where people have had had asked me to come out and look at their property Mm -hmm. and on several occasions i've had people tell me that they're struggling to kill you know top end bucks that they see two and three-year-olds constantly but they'll get pictures all summer you know during the night and stuff during the season of giant bucks and they can't kill them and their neighbors are killing them but they've got food plots they've got you know swing sets set up for scrapes and they've got you know this and they've got 400 cameras out here and, they, and how come they can't kill them when they got 300 acres of prime area completely managed and never shoot a little buck and i tell them because you're always on the property and your neighbor just yeah. goes out there, it's on a bucket during gun season on opening day yeah pressure is huge even on managed oh, yeah. properties. even on managed properties those guys think because they got a managed property they can be out there all the time doing things that's pressure just like it is yeah. on public property yeah no you're
0: you're completely right. I, I have heard Lee Lukowski say that uh, he doesn't think that the deer care that he's around anymore. But
1: on his, on his, some of them I, probably don't because they just yeah. never shot at or anything like that. Yeah, and then they don't shoot I'm until I'm sure they're seven. It's a lot easier, but <laughs> yeah. if, if you ask him how easy it is to shoot a six and a half year old, you know, yeah. um, on his property. It's, yeah, and, and uh, I doubt he's going to say, "Well, it's real simple. They just walk right up to me." No, used to. Right, I, I don't right, think he's right, going right. to say that. And, and it would be a lot easier if he didn't put those, that pressure on them. Because yeah. that pressure, even if they're they're kind of comfortable around them, they know how to get around them because they know,
0: mm-hmm. them, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Jacob asks, when do you typically start shining?
1: Uh, usually the end of June. That's when you yep. start to kind of decipher what things are going to be. Usually when you look at them at the end of June, you see uh, width and you see brow tines and the tines are just starting but broad times are the first to develop and the width is the first to develop. So you see a a wide rack with big brows and then you start paying attention to where you had seen that until it starts to develop. And you either recognize them from past years or you uh, find somebody new. Right. Right. Um, D sizzle.
0: We kind of talked about this already, but he says, can y'all talk about your bow and arrow setups? Do you change or try other setups or stick with your tried and true
1: well, we're both on new arrows this year, um, yeah, the weight's the same, but I'm just shooting a different different arrow um I don't change up much once I have something that works well, I stick with it. but yeah. uh, whatever I was doing last year was not working well, right yeah
0: um you pretty much that that forged bow you had a forge bow that was very similar for a pretty long time, didn't you?
1: yeah, it worked very well,
0: yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm shooting the same, same site and release and peep and all that, you know, this, this year, just uh different, different bow, but same specs, uh, as far as draw length and actual, action and all that though. So I'm in the
1: mindset of never fixing anything unless it's broke, yeah. but always fixing things that are broke.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, real good, uh, way of looking at things. All right, Tony. Thanks for the donation, Tony. He has a question. He says, "Been running mock scrapes with a hanging stick at every stand location the last three years. What are your thoughts, pros and cons of doing that?" You answer now. <laughs> um, I mean, I know what your answer is. Mine, uh yeah. I mean, I put out some mock scrapes uh, on some. Uh, Public land, And I probably have maybe one on, on, on private, but I don't really have them at stand locations. They're just typ- typically to get some Intel. Um, and I, and they're actually, I, they're not even mock scrapes. They're just, they're over, over scrapes and, um, maybe only one or two actual mock mock scrapes that I'm just trying out, mm-hmm. but I don't know about putting them right next to you know by the tree you're gonna gonna set in um i think that would i don't know getting getting something i don't know what do you think dan
1: i think you're messing with your hunting spot uh, i don't want to go into that hunting spot or anywhere near it until it's kill time um i have done um i've hunted a certain way for a long time and my results also back it up and show this that the overall majority of my biggest deer, the ones that are over five and a half years old come from the first time I ever hunt a spot or mess with that spot. And if you go in there and start making mock scrapes, you start going in there all the time and doing things, setting up cameras, um, all that crap. Mm -hmm. You educate those deer. You'll still kill deer, but I don't think you'll kill top end deer. I don't think you're going to kill a public land, six year old deer by putting out mock scrapes and putting out, uh, Putting up a stand a month before season walking in there checking for tracks that kind of stuff you got to yep. be stealthy about it um you slide in at the exact moment you need to be in it really is uh, um, you know a game of inches so you you do one thing wrong and you're over they've got a nose on them that's unbelievable and they will know you were there and they're going to figure you out where i would use a mock scrape if i'd use one which i probably would not I'd probably use a natural scrape or something. But if I did use a mock scrape, it'd be to locate deer. It'd mm-hmm. be, um, know what's on the property. Um, especially in an area where you, maybe you can't bait. Yep. Um, mock scrape might come in handy there, but I certainly would not put it where I'm going to put a, um, tree stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a camera, I wouldn't put a stagnant camera, that one that just takes pictures and you got to go check it at a hunting spot, unless it was just there to soak and give me information for the future. Mm -hmm. Or maybe when I go into hunt, I check it. Um, But then it better be out there long before I'm gonna hunt. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I mean, I believe those deer can smell you for about 30 days in a lot of situations. I mean, maybe, you know, that might give or take whether it's dry ground or not or whatever. Right. They know where you've been and we're another thing about those mature bucks i find they're almost always in spots where people very rarely go yeah it's not a coincidence if you go there it's not a place you go rarely mm-hmm. you know um putting out a mock scrape is just as much pressure as if you hunted this spot mm-hmm. in my
0: yeah um we've had uh we've had really good luck on public land putting some mock scrapes out, but it's always, we do it in the, in the winter time, mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, during scouting and then that's, that's the end of it, you know, yeah um, you, you know, it can work. I mean, you can get lucky, but like mm-hmm. you can have a trail camera or something like that. And you get the one stupid deer that's just going to come in in daylight. I mean, I've had that. I've had it where you're hunting, uh, uh, a property and you put a camera right over a food plot and lo and behold, the deer's coming in, in broad daylight <laughs> during the day. And you're like, well, if you're going to do that, I'll kill you. yeah Uh, yeah. right you know so having a camera over something like that doesn't hurt you but i don't think i would specifically put it in a spot that i think is a kill location for a giant buck. yeah
0: there's definitely people that uh use them successfully i mean it's not i mean that's a tactic a lot of guys are successful with but man if you listen to those guys talk about it it's like a scientific Mm -hmm. like uh they they do every every step every movement every the way they put the thing, and I mean, it's all calculated and it's all very thought out. They're just not willy-nilly walking through the woods with a big rake and, you know, doing it in the middle yeah. of the woods. Like, it's, it's, if you, I don't know, you have to listen to some of the guys. Yeah, I get it. I mean,
1: I mean, if you put all your yeah. time in, I guess it could be a successful tactic. Right. Certainly not my cup of tea. Right.
0: Well, I just, I'm just warning people, like, don't just, you have to really know what you're doing and think about it before you just go and start stomping all over the woods, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Let's see here. This is a question for Dan, because I have no experience with this. Dan, what's your thoughts on AR-15s and 223 caliber being too small for deer? Last year, I was told that rifle, that rifle will only wound deer, and I'm not
1: a real deer hunter. I've heard the same thing, but uh, it's definitely not true. 223 can be a very effective rifle. Now, um, I don't think I'd use it as a stand rifle, unless I was in very uh, tight quarters, but I use it for driving and for uh, like jumping deer because you can get off a few rounds uh, and you can hit the deer multiple times, um, which is important if you're going to shoot at a moving deer. Uh, now, you can't just use any bullet. You have to use ballistic bullets that are made for that. Um, but uh, the bullets that I use go in one side, there's a pinhole you can hardly find, and the exit wound is the size of, a you know, half dollar. And those deer go down fairly, fairly quickly. So I've shot several deer with my AR-15 in two, two, three caliber. Now, with that said, I think I'd rather go up to like a 300 caliber. Mm. I have a little heavier caliber, Um, but it it certainly is effective. Now, the downfall is um, like when I hit them with a 30 odd 6 they feel a shockwave. And even if you hit them like in the guts, they seem to drop. Not that I would shoot them in the guts. I'm just saying wherever you hit them. The shockwave of that 30 out six. Right. Um, just about, yeah. I mean, they're just about done. It just goes through their whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you hit them with the 223, even though you're deadly, they keep running. Uh, a lot of times they don't even show that they're shot at. So if you're not um, really apt on tracking deer and stuff, I mean, you see a lot of people out there. I mean, I, I observe this stand all the time, especially on public land where you have a lot more beginner hunters. They shoot at a deer that's probably out of their range. And then you can see that they just think that they missed and they leave. Mm. They never follow up on it. I think there's a lot of people that do that. You shoot at one with a two two three. You don't know if you hit it till you follow it up because it, deer doesn't always react, and a lot of times they don't. But if you're using the right ammo, the you know the right tips, the right bullets, um, and you got your gun sighted in right, there's nothing wrong with a two two three. There you go. Um, Doe
0: Slayer asks Dan, do you Ever hunt bears without bait? If so, how? Dogs, spot and stalk.
1: Um, I I hunted them with dogs once. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but uh, I prefer hunting them over bait. I prefer the chess match with them over over bait. Um, a lot of people think it's not sporting, but if you haven't tried it, you really wouldn't know. It probably isn't sport. And it's probably what everybody thinks when you're talking about little bears, when you talk about mature bears, mature bears are in the, um, you know, 15 to 20 year old range. And those bears have been around the block. They've been in the baits. They're, they're, um, very, very intelligent animals Mm -hmm. and they'll circle baits. They'll do all kinds of stuff. And you have to figure out a way to kill them to get around the things that they do. And, uh, because of that, it makes it kind of a chess match. And I enjoy that. Um, As far as hunting them without bait, um, I haven't done much of that. But the way you do it is you find food sources in bear country. You look for sign, just like you do with deer. You find bear trails coming into the sign. Uh, Bears, you pretty much set up near bait because they will hole up real close to it. Mm. Um, There are some spots where they'll walk a long ways to get to a cornfield or something. And if you can look at it and it's all open hardwoods, as soon as you hit thick cover, they're probably going to be there. Um, But they like, uh, like where I hunt, you know, I don't hunt mountains. and I I know that's a little different. But Where I hunt, um, you're mainly looking for swamps that are low and cool. The kind of swamps you walk in and temperature drops and stuff. And it's real shady and dark. They don't like direct sun. Um, Yeah. But uh, it is very hard to hunt them. um, Where I'm at without uh, bait there are places you can go if 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 um bait is that much of a turnoff to you but i would say don't knock it until you tried it I, I think i i would i you know i don't know if you know you're going to somebody else he's baiting you're not helping out in any way and you're just sitting over a pile i don't know if i'd enjoy that a whole lot yeah but you can go out like west and there's spotting stalks mm-hmm. where, where they come out in the mountainsides and they eat eat the grasses and stuff and you can see them mm-hmm. if you sit on the mountainside and glass them and, and there's places where you can just buy tags over the counter and go do that mm-hmm. and then you go sneak up on them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, if you really want to try it without bait i think that that would be a really good hunt and mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about it you can search that on youtube and there's plenty of channels out there where that's all they do is stock those bears, yeah uh, glass and stock them uh to me that wouldn't be as much fun as over bait Cause I like to chest match with a certain bear and getting close quarters, figuring out where they're, where they live, what swamp they're in, where they bed, moving in close and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. setting up a bait and then uh, getting them used to it and sneaking in, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, that's a real cool way to hunt.
0: Yep. I know Brian call, uh, I think his YouTube channel is called gritty. They got some cool Western mountain black bear hunts and the, they do in the spring spot stock,
1: but. Yeah, I think a lot of those videos are with, with gun. Yeah, they are. But uh, I don't know. I could certainly do it with a bow, too. It's just a little tricky in those mountains because of thermals and winds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Jacob has a. He said, Dan, talk about your deer trail prank on Mario.
1: Deer trail cam prank on Mario. I think everybody watched and- that on video, didn't they? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, after I got my buck. Um, I, uh, uh, got a, I bought a deer suit, um, similar to the Bigfoot suit, but just a whole body suit, like coverall suit, you zip up to your neck, um, that only your face shows and it has antlers, the ears, the nose and stuff as a deer. And, uh, I, uh, uh, walked a mile and a half to his trail camera way out in the swamp and did a dance in front of him
0: i remember that now i thought this i thought that was more uh, a recent thing oh uh, that's funny i've seen those guys i've seen guys take uh deer mounts out to like they took the sons took them out to their dad's trail camera like deer mounts and was like sticking them in front of the that's
1: that's a good that's a good tr- trick yeah a good All prank right. would be to get somebody that's got their camera set in video and and like uh get a mannequin and make it look like you're dragging a body through the woods with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be on Fox news for sure.
0: Uh, all right. Let's see here. Josh 72 asked, was the closest you can hunt a spot, but be considered not hunting the same spot. How far do you have to move to not burn it out?
1: I get ask that question a lot. Yeah. It's hard to answer, but I do get asked that question a lot. So for me, um, In my opinion you know um it depends on the size of the bedding area it depends on the exit trails and stuff but i will often hunt the same bedding area twice and move around to the other side um and uh um as far as the same spot you you know um i think you can you can't really get away with much close to bedding um once they know you're there they freak out um but like, say, if you're on the edge of a cornfield or something, you get away with a little bit more because they're used to people there. Um, I've had spots where you walk in on the human trail and climb a tree right on the human trail. And they've gotten so used to the people, they'll walk across that human trail, the access trail, quite a bit. Yeah. And you look like an idiot. Everybody looks at you like, what the hell is he hunting there for? But really, it's the best spot because they'll move there in daylight. They just make sure nobody's on the trail and they slip out. Um and you could hunt there day after day after day. And I've done that and had success. Um, but when you get close to their bedding, it's a whole different ball game. It's the equivalent of if, you know, you walk out in your yard and you walk to your backyard, you find a bear track. You'd be like, whoa, there ain't supposed to be no bear around here. What's a bear doing in my backyard? You might even tell your buddies and stuff like, oh, there's a bear track, you know. But you get up the next day and there's a bear track on your kitchen table and your window's open. You're going to freak. Yeah. Well, you're putting that bear track in their bedroom when you hunt next to their their bedding area. Yeah. So you have to be um, really contemplating where you're hunting. You get away with a lot more further back. Now, you can hunt a bedding area more than once if you hunt one side and then hunt the other. But I would would say you should have it planned out so you're hunting that other side as soon as you can, as soon as the wind is correct to be over there because the more time that goes by, the more likely he's going to get over to where you were even if it's during the night and smell where you've been and then freak out on the whole bedding area. Yeah.
0: All right. Philip the wise asks, how much weight are we pulling? On your 65. Yeah. 65 this year. I, uh, I was, uh, two years ago, I shot an 80 pound bow. And Chad Sylvester was shooting the same thing that year. He was shooting an eighty-pound bow, and and that after the season, we were talking. We, I was at Exodus Headquarters. We were talking, and, he, and I'm like, I'm "Like, this is dumb." He goes, "Yeah, I think so too." He's like, "This is dumb." And we're is both dumb. pretty. We're pretty. Both of us are you know young and big, kind of bigger guys. So, not like the weight wasn't a problem really. It just, just so many weird. Like I, uh, I, I just in late season especially, it's like this is too hard like to exactly
1: situations where it's going to be very difficult yeah. even yeah. if it's easy under range if you're if i am you're, shooting fifty two. pounds
0: yeah if you're sitting you know sitting on your knees on the ground for some reason i mean it's harder you know it's there's just so many things and i'm just like just and but i have a
1: deer but if a deer walks out in your target range and you're standing where you shoot your targets you're gonna kill him good oh yeah he's gonna go right <laughs> through <laughs> no i'm shooting 65 this year though it doesn't I mean, really, you know, with modern equipment, it does. You don't get a huge difference out yeah. of a out of a lot more weight. I mean, between fifty and seventy, there's a pretty big difference. Yeah. But there, there, really isn't fifty to sixty or sixty no. to seventy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change a whole lot of uh, penetration or, or other things. So uh, I like a light bow that I can pull back slow and easy, and uh, and on awkward angles. And if I'm stuck sitting, I can do it sitting. If uh, yeah. the deer comes in weird, I got to shoot around something or I got to duck and, and get around something that I can hold that weight. Um, there's a lot of different circumstances. Uh, like Josh said, in cold season, when it gets to be 10 below, try pulling back a 50-pound bow once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, Everything is double the weight. So yeah. you got to take that kind of stuff into to stride. And you can't really turn your bow weight up and down throughout the season either. hmm right yeah i did it i that i that year i did it
0: um because that was the year we went to uh fort mccoy in january and i ended up having to drop weight i, I ended up dropping weight and then i had to retune and you know, i had to reside in and all that like it was
1: just it a was pain so um, i was at 65 up until that uh, last minnesota bear hunt and Any of you guys that watched that saw that i i hurt my shoulder yeah i i actually hurt it just carrying a bucket of bear bait somehow but yeah. I, I popped something in my shoulder, and ever since then I've been having problems with my shoulder. I think I tore my rotor cup or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Some just... kind of uh, anti-doctor. So I. Uh, yeah. Just wish it feel <laughs> Right. It's not so well. You say a prayer every night. Yeah. So I turned my bow down then, and it's just been a lot better with that bow down. Uh, yeah. How my shoulders yeah. hurting just talking about that.
0: Oh man. That's how much we pull, though, filter wise. Oh, uh, let's see here, Dustin. We'll do a few more. Everybody, have you guys ever seen a small area, less than a tenth of an acre, have seventy to hundred mature buck rubs? I just found this scouting. Say, so I've seen it maybe. I've seen up to twenty, maybe, but not that many. I have one time, and that was in Iowa scouting on a piece of private land, <laughs> just freaking buck rubs everywhere. Um. I don't know what about what about you, Dan?
1: I've seen it quite a few times. Um, yeah, we, think, we don't have
0: the we don't have the sign like you guys do in Wisconsin around here.
1: Well, there's a situation around here that uh, in these swamps that yeah. happens that causes that. Um, it's poplar trees, so you get patches, thick patches of poplar trees mm-hmm. that every one of them will get rubbed, and people will think that that is a great spot to hunt because of all these rubs, but it's really that uh, a deer. A mature buck cannot walk past one of those trees without rubbing it. They love to rub those for whatever reason. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that there's a whole lot of, I mean, it would catch my attention for sure. But uh, it's like if you look out in uh, the marsh and you see an island of poplar trees, it's going to be rubbed. But it might be in the middle of the night. It might be, you know what I mean? But they'll all be rubbed because they love rubbing on those trees. I don't know. Every time they walk past, they can't help themselves. Yep.
0: Let's see here. We got any other questions that we could, um, yeah, I think I've, I think I saw, I see more rubs hunting up in Wisconsin than I do like all year in Indiana. Um, uh, do you have a preference on batteries for trail cameras, Dan? Gary's asking,
1: uh, nowadays we're using those uh what do you call them Uh, lithium yeah start with the b i bought bought the cheap ones online cheap lithiums Mm. and they didn't really seem to do as well oh really i've never had problem problems with those they're i don't know cheap they're
0: still they're still not very cheap but
1: no they're um, not i mean you buy lithiums at uh fleet farm now it's unbelievable if you're running eight or ten cameras oh my gosh i mean you're talking a few hundred dollars just run cameras yeah um Dan,
0: what's going on with this? Is there a truth behind a new beast stand in July? I so said I saw that on the Facebook form.
1: Hmm. Or was that a on our form? Did we uh, release that? The Beast Facebook form. Yeah, but I don't think I released that, right? No, I, I don't know. No, I don't. I,
0: I don't know true. if that's a.
1: We are yeah. working on some stands and stuff, but I don't think that's any truth of that release date. Yeah. I do not put that out there. That may be a uh, a bot or something, or somebody screwing around. Maybe.
0: Um, let's see here. I think we're gotten to most of them. Here, wait. Hmm. Lee asked, "What's our target weight for arrow setup?" I I don't uh, I don't pay much attention to it, to be honest with you. I I get something that's flying real good and a good sharp broadhead. I think. This year, I did weigh them because I because I know people are going to ask, but it was like 500 grains is what mine's going to weigh ish this year.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure what my weight is. I, I believe it's around the same. Yeah, probably slightly lighter than you. Yeah, like there. 400, 400, like 450 or something like that. Yeah, I'm somewhere's right in that range. Yeah.
0: This is a good question. What's the worst thing that's happened to your bow in the stand?
1: <laughs>
0: I, uh, yeah. When I was young, I was shooting an old high country bow is my first bow. And uh, I pulled it back just to practice and the uh, the cables came off and kind of not blew up, but I couldn't pull it back anymore. The, the came off the cam that's the worst thing that's happened to me. I mean, my bow was, I couldn't, I couldn't use it anymore. I I got down, went back to the house and my dad fixed it, but, um, I've never, I mean, geez, Louise, knock on this wood right here. I haven't had too many horrible things that I couldn't fix real quick happen.
1: Yeah. Mine was pretty similar. Only, um, uh, mine, unfortunately wasn't practicing. I was very young and I bought a compound bow at a rummage sale. Cause, uh, you know, we didn't have no money. We're dirt poor, white trash. So went to rummage sale and bought a compound bow for like two bucks or something, which was a lot of money in those days. I mean it was like yeah. ten dollars an hour, twenty dollars an hour. So it was a <laughs> high end bow, right? So uh uh compound bows weren't built like they are now. They're pretty, you know, weird. There's just like round wheels on the end and there's cables to more wheels that were in between and stuff and uh um, they were kind of, uh, crappy next to today's standards, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously the thing didn't fit me because it you know, I was a kid and it was some man's bull probably bought something better or died or whatever. got yeah. to let it run So I got some arrows that didn't fit it either. And, uh, <laughs> got it a couple times and, uh, went out hunting and I climbed on this limb and you gotta remember, you, you know, back in those days, it was hard to even see a deer. Yeah. And I was on a limb and a doe came walking out, walk all the way across this field to me, which at that time frame was a big deal. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, to kill a deer would be nice. You know, I was a little kid. I pulled that bow back all the way and I was aiming at this thing and it was at point blank range underneath me. And it saw me aim, aiming at it and his eyes got real big and it looked up at me. And I put that thing on his chest and uh, I released and that, or no, I didn't release. I was just about to release. And the whole bow just folded up. The strings all came off the cable. just went, bam! And it oh, made a no. lot of And just blew the pieces. And I'm sitting there with this thing all hanging together by these cables, the pieces of limb and everything else. And I'm looking at this thing. that though is still sitting there going like this, looking at me at 10 yards. I'm sitting on this limb. It was uh, That's the worst thing that ever happened to me with the bow. Yeah. I don't
0: know what I did to mine. I, I must have, like torqued it or something, and it popped out. Nowadays, it's harder to do that thing, that stuff to the bows they make now. It seems like they're they're pretty, um, you know, much better built than even like mine. My, my bow was probably, yeah. I mean, my, I, if I had to guess, my bow was probably like a ninety-five model or so, like ninety, you know, ninety-six model, and just I don't know, came came. They off came
1: up with uh the prime bow that I shoot now. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, they probably would have outlawed it. They would probably been like like people are now about crossbows, but you can't use that. (laughs) What the heck?
0: Yeah. Oh, They did. That's what happened whenever compounds came out, right? Right. It it is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining the membership, man. Um, I remember
1: articles when I was a kid, um, finding some old, old outdoor life magazines and open one up. And there was an article in there about people were starting to hunt out of trees with bows. Yeah, yeah. And how uh, it was unfair, it was dangerous, and and um, I guess there was even some places had laws against hunting out mm-hmm. of a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um,
0: photo Bob asked, "You have you ever done a tour of G5 and Prime?" He said that'd be an awesome. Show I hear their machine is world class. I, I have,
1: but we didn't film it. Let's say Dan's been there before. Yeah, they they got me to go over there. I went over there, met the guys and stuff. It was really cool um they're uh, uh real nice down to earth guys the uh, owners are Christians um they uh they're like family with all the workers you get in yeah. there and it's, it's like a family atmosphere um they were all in the lunch room uh watching beast videos during lunch it yeah was, uh, it was cool um so yeah I, I liked it a lot I mean uh, prime guys are really good guys and uh that factory is really cool I don't know if they do tours for the public or whatever but uh yeah. I liked it. They make guns too. Um, they make gun parts. Um, they're into a lot of stuff. Now they got arrows, they got uh their bows and uh, yeah. And of course you got all the G five broadheads and they make
0: uh, red dot sights too. People yeah. don't, don't don't realize that either.
1: Um but anyway. Did they make any of got... those for block? What did they make any of those for uh, guns for glocks? I know they had one for a shotgun, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they were promoting it for uh, turkey hunters and stuff at the shows this year. They were, uh, I think, they originally made
1: it for uh, like uh, your AR frames and stuff. Oh yeah, I need um, one of on my AR. I, I um, blew up my scope deer hunting last year. Talk to Mitch. I went flying out of a. Uh, it was stupid. I fell out of a tree stand and broke yeah. it and uh i didn't even need to be in the tree stand i was just waiting for somebody it was coming over to help me pick up a deer yeah <laughs> and it, it, there's a tree stand sitting there so i like i climbed up look around
0: and yeah
1: a, a rink D and i went down and did oh, the man. scope and the scope broke yeah i didn't even know i didn't know they made
0: red dots either and i was uh i actually just put one on maddie's gun the week before the the show and uh I got up there and we went over there and there's a bunch of red dots in their roof. I'm like, I just frick- I just bought one of these. I didn't know you guys made these. He's like, yeah, because it's not it's not a it's not like G5 or Prime branded. It's an, it's another brand that they have, you know. So you wouldn't know it unless you you know knew. Yeah, that it's they kind made of weird them.
1: the way they they, they keep the brands separate. Like G5 and yeah. Prime. You think it would just all be, it'd be yeah. G5 yeah their gun their guns
0: their their rifles are another brand too. I, I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. Uh, Montana and rifles. Montana rifles. That's right. So, um, I think they're a little more higher end ones, right? Are they?
1: No, no. Actually, they're d- your average deer hunting rifle. Okay.
0: What's the? Do you know what the price points of them are at all?
1: I don't. Um, but uh, I was talking to him a little bit about it, and uh, he said that uh, it was your average price range, average okay. rifle, and uh, that it was just you know well-built and built to to last you know yeah i'm sure it is
0: um all right everybody we're hopping off here thanks for getting on tonight and had a lot of good good questions a lot of people on talk to everybody next week sometime see everybody everybody